Well, I'm going to preach. I'm going to speak. And our services this next month uh, are around the family issues. In fact, Sean, would you, would you go back to that other one, that first one, just so I can... So our series for the summer is about Family United, a series on real-life family matters. See, for me, <laughs> the Word of God is, is, is amazing, it's powerful, it can change your life. But if we can't get hold of the Word of God and apply it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we might as well just read another book. Because this book has life in it. I believe it's come from God. But we've got to apply it. We've got to live it. So, Sean, would you put the, the next one up for me? And this morning, I want to talk about, and I just want to remind you, if you're a kid, that at the back there is Lego if the, and there's drawing if you want to get it. But just get it for me. Oh, it's in this middle table now, is it? Just grab it from there. And adults, if you want to grab it, grab it. You know, anybody can play with it. Anybody can do it. But this morning... I want to I talk to us about what it looks like to be praying for our families. Because I think if we're going to deal with the life matters, the issues, the things that happen in our lives, I think it's important that we, we regularly cover our families in prayer. That we support them in prayer. It might be that you're the only person praying for that family member. But I believe we're called to pray. We're called to pray for our families. And, and today, and this is what this month is about as well, we're going to give some real practical tips in family life matters. So I guess one of the greatest examples, and I'm going to read this, if you go to your Bibles, is in 2 Timothy 1. But this is the thing with families, isn't it? You can't pick them. You can't live with them or without them. And, and do you know what I found? You can't shoot them either, can you? <laughs> And, and you know what? That's the same with church life. You can't pick them. You can't shoot them. They don't teach this stuff at Bible college. Why do I say it like that? Because family is, family is mixed up in it. What is family today? Your view of family might be different from my view of family to the next person who lives on your street. Who's got that weird uncle? We've all got a weird uncle, haven't we? Everybody's looking at Dave. You are the weird uncle. If you haven't got a weird uncle or weird family member, you're the weird one in the family. Well, I, well there's nobody in our family. Well, then you're the weird one. We've all got weird ones. The quirky ones. Maybe that's me too. I don't know. But I want to share this morning, how are we going to pray for our families? So 1 Timothy... Uh, sorry, 2 Timothy 1 says this. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God in keeping with the promises of life that is in Christ Jesus to Timothy, my dear son. Now, physically, let me stop there. Timothy wasn't his son, but he treated him. Paul treated Timothy like he was his own. Like he was his son. So he wanted the best of him. He spoke into his life. I'm sure Timothy at times, Dad, would you lend me? There's nothing greater than the, the bank of mum and dad, is there? Unless you are mum and dad giving out the money. But Paul treated him like a son. So let me, let me pick it up. 
To Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy and peace from God, the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve, as my ancestors did, with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. See, Paul here is in prison. Paul is struggling with life. And he says there very clearly, I remember you in my prayers. You see, right in the midst of our trouble, in the midst of our struggle, you can still pray and you can still pray for others. It's hard. You have to dig deep. But we see he's praying, recalling your tears, which seems they journey together. I long to see you, which means he's missing him so that I may be filled with joy. I'm away from my kids for three days and part of me is enjoying that break. But there's going to be a part of me, I'm excited to see them again on Sunday night. Something about Paul saying here, I miss you. I love to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith which first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I'm persuaded now lives also in you. For this reason I remind you to fan the flame, the gift of God which is through you and the laying on of my hands. So we see Paul has been laying hands on his son. Has been passing things on to his son. And we see here, it talks about how godly the mother and the grandmother were. You might be thinking, well, I'm not sure my prayers are going to make a difference. Karen, your prayers make a difference for your grandkids, for your own kids, for your generational kids that are coming. You know, if you've got kids and they've got kids, the kids after them and the kids after them. Set the foundation now and it will go through your generations. So how can we pray for our families? And I'm going to use the word family. And, it's a, and this is called an acrostic, not the word you gave me. Oh. oh. <laughs> That's why I was struggling to know what the word was and Miranda gave me another one. And an no. Doing I'm doing acrostic. So today, do you know what an acrostic is? I'm going to take each letter and give us an element of what we can pray for our families. Oh, pastor, this isn't very deep. Trust me, get hold of these things because it's important that we pray for our families. It's important. So I want to start with F. Funny enough, that's right where it is. Now I want to, firstly, when you are praying for your families, I want you to pray that you have the Father heart of God. What is the Father heart of God? And I'm not going to get deeply into these things. The Father heart of God is, is that I love you, whatever. I love you, whatever. Love is tough, isn't it? But whatever is going on in your life, I may not like it, but I'm going to love you anyway. That's what Father God is. That's the heart of the Father. So when you're praying for your family, ask for the heart of the Father, the Father heart of God. Because you need to love as God loves. Might not like, you might not like, but love as God loves. The Father heart of God. My boys... I love them to bits. I would do anything for them. 
And I hope, and I'm trying to bring my boys up in a, in a world that if they do anything, whatever it is, they can tell dad or mum. And mum and dad, even if they don't like it, are going to have your back and work out this situation. It might be there's consequences to that. There might be some things that we have to own up to. might be some things that we have to put right. It's the same with Father God. Father God says, I don't like that son. I don't like that daughter. But I'm going to be with you. So my boys can do anything. I might not like it. They might have to be arrested. They might need to go wherever as the consequence. But that does not change the love that I have for them. And that's the same with Father God. How many times do we live the lives we want to live? We've pushed God aside or we've never given him a thought or we're doing what we want to do. He still says you're worth it. When he died on the cross and he shed his blood for you, every one of us, he had your face right before him. He had your past, had you now, and he had your future. And he says, you know what? You're still worth it. Still worth it. So when you're praying for your family, ask for the Father heart of God that you see them, whatever that family member is, or whoever they are in the family, what their position is, you see them how God sees them. Romans 12, 9 says this, Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. In the Bible, if you know the Bible, and I don't want to get into this this morning, into this passage, but there's a story about a, a man who had two sons. And one says to the father, I want all my inheritance, I want all my money, I want everything now, give it me now. You haven't died, I want it now. The father says, okay, I'll do that, because I love you. The story goes on, the son goes away and he squanders it on wine, women and song and he comes to a realisation that actually he's eating from the pig trough and he realises that the servants that belong to his father are treated better than where he's living. So we see, without me going into the story, we see that he decides to go home but this is the thing, it's not about the prodigal son, you might know it as the prodigal son, it's not about the other son, it's about the father. The father that has the father heart of God. Now, when I talk about the father heart of God, you can be a man, a woman, and have the father heart of God. This isn't about men and women. This is about having and carrying the father heart of God. Do you understand what I'm saying this morning? So we see in the prodigal son, it should be called the running father, that every day the dad is waiting at the end of the farm for this boy that's living a life he shouldn't be living. Something has happened in him that he's got the father's heart that this boy, it doesn't matter what he's done, it doesn't matter what he's taken, I still want to be in relationship with this boy. And we see, without me going into it, and this is what I'm getting to, is that when you're praying that you have to have the father heart of God, that we see that the farmer, the dad, is waiting to run for that son. Now culture says the son should be cut off. Culture says that boy should not have anything to do with this family anymore. Culture says that boy is done. He's got no value. He's got no worth. Culture says that boy will be known as the one that took the inheritance and messed it all up for the rest of his life. Culture says because he's an old man that he shouldn't be running. Culture says that he should... But 
the father puts aside all culture, all understanding. He says, no, that's my boy. And he runs to meet his son. And I'm reading between the lines here. I don't think he was like this. He was running towards that boy. And he wasn't running towards that boy to kick him in the face. He was running towards that boy to say, son, give me a cooch. Give me a love. That's the father heart of God. That he's constantly running towards you. Constantly running towards you because he wants to be in relationship. Because he values how much you're worth. If you know him this morning or don't know him this morning, he wants to know you deeply and he's running towards you. Nothing you can do, say or act changes the Father's love for you. When we're praying for our families, we need to have the Father heart of God. A. In the next part of this is when you are praying, pray for acts of kindness. Not that they will be kind, that you can find ways that you can bless them. That you can find ways of how acts of kindness can roll out in your life into their lives. Well, I'll do it for, but I ain't going to do it for him. He wouldn't do it for me. Get over yourself. Acts of kindness help families move forward. Acts of kindness help families live into a different area of family life. Things I'm sharing this morning aren't just principles if you're a Christian. They're principles if you're not a Christian as well. Acts of kindness. Look to do something good. Go out of your way. So when you're praying, say, Lord, how can I bless this family member? And it's not just about money. Hear me. You might need to bless them with your time. You might need to bless them with, we're just going to go for a walk. Or you're going to bless them because they're going to move house and you're going to take the stuff to the tip. And it's not because you're going to get any reward back. It's just because I love you. Acts of kindness. That's what God does. Acts of kindness all the time in our lives. Not because he wants any reward. He just wants to love on us. When you're praying, look for acts of kindness. Luke 6.31 says, And as you wish what others would do to you, so do to them. What's it saying? If you want somebody to do something nice for you, if you want somebody to do something kind for you, do it to them. As if you're doing it unto yourself. So we receive what we give. Here's another one when it comes to acts of kindness. Pray for that you have acts of kindness of the mouth. What are you talking about, pastor? That you speak good of them. That you encourage them. That you build them up and say, Lord, would you show me ways that I can verbally tell this family member acts of kindness with the mouth. It's important. You see, I, I don't know if you know this or not, that one negative word out of your mouth to somebody, a family member, takes five positive words just to get you on an even keel again. Not you, them. Doesn't matter who you are, you're negative to me. Now you've got to give me five positive just for me to get neutral. 
Wouldn't it be a lot easier that you're saying, Lord, show me the words of kindness, so actually we start on a plus? Am I making any sense this morning? Acts of kindness in doing and in mouth. Ephesians 4.29 says this, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, their needs, not your needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Important, it says there, it's not about your needs, it's about their needs. Sometimes people fall into the trap of, I'm going to do this because this is going to help me. That isn't how the word of God works. Help them because Christ helped you and just help them with no return. Build them up because you want to build them up. I had a, my nana, I saw her the other day. If you saw it on Facebook, she's 91. Even to this day, and I'm in my 40s, if you've got nothing nice to say, don't say it at all. So I sat in silence for the last hour of the dinner. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. But there's some wisdom in that. Even though she's told me that every time that I go, every time from the moment I've been born, she gives us these little pearls. There's truth in that. If you've got nothing nice to say, don't say it. Measure your words. Is this going to lift somebody up? Is it going to encourage them? Or is this going to rip them apart? And if it's going to rip them apart... Work on how you're going to deliver that. Galatians 6 says, Then we have opportunities. Let us do good to everyone, especially to those who are in the household of faith. Romans 12.10 Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honour. Listen to that. Outdo one another in showing honour. When it comes to your family... When it comes to really praying for them and standing out and doing stuff with them, make it a competition. What, hey? what are you talking about? How many acts of good can you do for them? How many acts of kindness? I want to live my life that this is a competition where, well, Jen's been nice to me. I'm going to be doubly nice to her. I'm going to be, not because I'm trying to get back. It's just the nature of where we're living. Make it a competition. I'm going to be kinder than you. I'm going to be. And why am I saying make it a competition? Because it's a heart thing. It's not about who wins. Everybody wins. Ephesians 4.32, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. You see, we get to M. Now, M... I'm on a journey, you know I'm on a journey, if you're in this church regularly, I'm on a journey that we're going to see the miraculous breakout in this place. We're going to see the miraculous breakout of healings, of people transformed, right in this place and in our streets. So when you are praying for your family, pray for miracles. Don't, oh Lord, would you just bless them, please, if you feel it's right. Ask for miracles for them. Signs and wonders. Because the signs and wonders aren't just for in the church. When the truth goes out, the word of God says signs and wonders will follow. So when you speak the truth to your family members, expect the signs and wonders to follow. The miracles, the breaking out of Jesus. 
So pray for miracles, pray for healings. The word of God says that we are given, if we are his, wholeheartedly living for him, we are given the authority, his authority, to go and pray for people, to lay on of hands. Believe for a miracle for them. Because they might not be in a position to believe for a miracle. But you are. When you're praying for people, believe for a miracle for them. Believe that things are going to change. Stand in the gap in their lives. Believe for healing. In physical healing. Emotional healing. Mentally. Spiritually. And the word of God says to me, be very, very clear what you're praying for. So speak right into that situation. Pray into that situation. If the person has got mental health issues, it's no good praying for their gammy leg because they've got mental health issues. Do you understand what I'm saying? Pray right to the thing. We have the authority. Got to remember whose authority it is. It's not our authority. But believe for their miracle. And here's the thing. As you are praying and believing for their miracle... Whatever it may be, it's not just in health, might be spiritually, might be emotionally. Don't be surprised when they receive that miracle. Because that's the God that we have. The God who opens up the windows of heaven over our lives. Who wants to bless us, wants to heal us, wants to set us free. And our families too. I don't know how many times I have stood in the gap for a family member. A believer or not a believer who need something different in their lives. Well, you might be looking for something different this morning. You've done it your way. Let me tell you this. Not because I'm paid to say it. This is because I live it. That Jesus can make the difference in your life. The thing that you are looking for is Jesus. He's a game changer. So pray for their miracles, their healings. Here's another thing that you can be praying for as we get to I, and I'm trying to just motor through these because I want to be tight on time as well. Is pray for the issues that are going on in their life. Every one of us, from the youngest to the oldest, from whatever country we're from, from the educated to the uneducated, to the rich to the poor, have issues going on in their lives. Pray into the issues. Pray into the issues. It might tie up with seeing a miracle or something happen, but pray into the issues. Because I have found there is times I cannot pray. I have not got the strength. I have not got the... Because I feel so beat up. I feel so much stuffed on top of me. But I do know people are praying for me. Family are praying for me. I do know, like Timothy... My mother is constantly praying for me. Maybe the person doesn't have the strength to deal with those issues and pray, but maybe you have the strength for them. And pray again right into the issue. So when we've been talking to Ed and Marisa about the stuff that's going on in the future with the court and stuff like that, pray right into it. Not Lord, if it's your will, would you just let that happen? I believe it's God's will because he wants us to be in families. And families that are wholesome. 
And Ed and Marisa are trying to do that. Pray right into the situation. Get hold of the spiritual. Get hold of God and say, I'm taking battle for this. The Word of God says that the kingdom of God is taken by force. And we think that means I'm going to put you in a headlock and I'm going to submit you into you getting to know Jesus. It's not about that. It means that I've got to get on my knees. It means I'm going to have to fight. It means that I'm going to have to take my voice on. Oh, Jesus, if you just wouldn't mind. I'm going to have to do battle. For your family, there's issues that you need to do battle on. And maybe you need to take it a little bit further. Maybe the issue is not breaking or changing because maybe you need to go to fasting. The Word of God says that you can pray for some of these things, but some of these things will not break unless you pray and fast. Maybe they can't fast, but you need to go to your knees. Maybe you need to skip some meals so that their issues, whatever their issues are, good, bad, everything in between, we all have issues. Let me hear, hear that right. We all have issues. That those issues would change. This isn't in my notes, but I feel somebody needs to hear this, that some of the issues that you are going through, you feel that you can't face it anymore. Do you, do you know what I know? Is that there's an expiry date to those issues. They can't go on forever. There's an expiry date. And with Christ at the center, there definitely is an expiry date. John 16, 22. See also you have sorrow now, but I will see, see you again. And your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. People have their joy taken. Got to pray the joy of the Lord into them. Psalm 10, 17 says this. You, Lord, hear the desire of the afflicted. You encourage them and you listen to their cry. God listens to our cries. If you know him or don't know him, he knows your cries. He knows your heartfelt situations. He knows the things that you've poured out when nobody else understands or knows. Romans 15, 13. And if you're praying for your family, it's good to pray scripture into the situations too. But if you don't know the word of God, it's going to be difficult to get it out. You think, well, we should read the Bible because that's what good Christians do. You read the Bible so that it can come out of you. So they can strengthen you. So they can edify you. So that you can stand in the gap for your family and for your friends. When Reuben got really poorly, I was confessing scripture over that boy's life. Praying, speaking truth. I think I was making some scriptures up myself. Not because I'm trying to preach heresy. I was just desperate dad trying to be full of faith. Romans 15, 13, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to keep moving on. L, pray for that family member, for the life of God to live in them and through them. It doesn't matter if they're a Christian or not a Christian. Pray that the life of God will live in them and live out of them. When I go to bed every night, I pray over my boys, as probably many in this room do when you've had younger kids. I lay my hands on these boys and I say, Lord, 
I pray in the name of Jesus that these boys would love you and wholeheartedly live for you. Whatever that looks like. And allow me as a dad to get where you want them to be. Pray that the life of God will live out and through them wholeheartedly. Acts 16, 31 to 34 says this. And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. And you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in that house. He took them the same hour of the night, washed their wounds and he was baptised at once. He and all the family, then he brought them to his house and set food before them. And he rejoiced along with the entire household that he believed in God. We see here, Paul is in prison, being in prison, going to the jailer. You need to believe in Jesus. Not only you, you need to have your family believe in Jesus. And we see the whole prison guard get saved, an old household. Pray that the life of God will live through them. Pray that if they're not following Christ anymore, that the seed that is planted within them will spring back up, would rejuvenate. This is what I do know, that as, as the Bible tells me, that as the word goes out, as the truth goes out, it won't return void. It has to go somewhere. And years you've planted, you've sown. You're thinking, I'm not sure what's happening with my kids. I'm not sure what's happening with my boys or, or with my daughter or with my... The seed is still within them. And if the seed is still within them, the seed has got every chance of still growing and fulfilling everything that it's called to be. They keep thriving, keep playing. We get to why. And you might think this is a strange one, but when you are praying for people and situations... And if it's going pear-shaped, if it's not good at all, pray about your attitude. Sometimes we fall into the trap. Lord, fix them. Fix them. Do that. Fix them. Would you? Fix them. Fix them. When God is saying, no, look at your own attitude. So I'm trying to live in a place, Lord, I know this is not good. But Lord, if there's something that I have done in this, that is not glorifying to you, that is not honourable to them, show me. Forgive me. So look at our own attitude. Matthew 7 says this, Do not judge or you will be judged. But in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, will be measured to you. Verse 3, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank that's in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Your attitude might be good in the situation, but it's good to keep your attitude in check. If you've got a good attitude about it, great. But don't go too straight away. Fix them, fix them, fix them. Lord, fix me. So I can be better for them. Oh, Jesus. Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace and be thankful. 
Life's a lot easier when we're working towards peace. When we're trying to live in peace. And that's the same if you are a Christian or a non-Christian. Living in peace makes family life a lot easier. Do you know what living in peace means? Sometimes you need to get rid of the higher ground. Come down to the same ground. Get lower. Sometimes the, the argument is not worth taking on. Some battles aren't worth facing. Why? Because I believe if we know Christ, we are called to be peace bearers, peace walkers. It's difficult though, isn't it? Because when things are in conflict, human nature says, I want to deal with this and I want justice. God's way is actually deal peace in this and I'll bring justice later. But I want it now. Now. Sort them. God's just said, here he goes again. Gabriel, have a look, have a look at this. Look at Weaver. <laughs> you know, saying fix this, fix that. Ha, I'll show him. I'm going to fix him first. I'm going to bring him to his knees. I'm going to let him cry for the things that make me cry before I fix anybody else. And he does. Look at your own attitude. Romans 12, 17 says this, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Carefully consider what is right in the eyes of everybody. So this morning, I, I am done. Really? I, I am done. But I want to remind you of how you can pray for your family. And just, oh, that was, that tickled our ears. Get hold of what I'm saying. If you are wholeheartedly, fully living for him, ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying here? In fact, we're going to go there in a minute. What are you saying here? Is there something that has said this morning that I can do differently? Is there something that I can do as I pray that is different from what I'm doing. Maybe you're not praying for your family. Do you know what? It's not too late. Start right today. Praying for your family. When it comes to praying for your family, have and ask for the Father heart of God. Ask of how you can have acts of kindness and how you can bless them. With deed and in mouth. As you're praying... Take all authority and believe for the miraculous. For something different of healings, of breakthroughs in whatever it may be. Issues, as you're praying, get hold of the issues they're getting hold and really pray into them. Maybe you have to fast to see a breakthrough. Pray the life of God lives in them and through them. You see, the word of God says we are known by our fruit. So I'm praying over my boys, Lord, not that they only love you and live for you, but they are known by the fruit of that. Not the fruit of mum and dad love you. The fruit of that they love you and they are living their life for you wholeheartedly. And the fruit is being responsive to that. That's what I pray over my boys. When you're praying for your family, pray about your attitude. Well, I'm done. Hopefully, this morning, this has been helpful in helping you be practical. Because 
if you're not praying for your family, we're not going to deal with these life matters, the issues in family life. And, and there's lots of things that go on in our lives just because we have a different background, just because we have a different, you might be middle class or working class or whatever it is, or you're from a different country. Family issues are generally the same. Family matters are generally the same. Doesn't matter what country, doesn't matter what family matters are generally the same. We might deal with them differently, we might approach them differently, but go after God in praying for your family. Why? Because I believe we're called to do that, but also I believe that maybe nobody else is praying for that person. I mentioned it earlier. You're the one person standing in the gap, believing that son, that daughter will come back to Jesus. Believing that that son, that daughter, that cousin, that grandma will be healed of that sickness, that pain, that whatever it is. Would you bow your heads for me? Would you ask the Holy Spirit? And, then, and you might be thinking this morning, what's he doing? I'm a visitor. I haven't got a clue what's going on here. We believe very much the power of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit empowers us in this church. We believe that. Put some music on for me, Sean. Just ask the Holy Spirit what you feel he's saying to you. And if something is highlighting, if something that you can't get away from, if there's something you've put on your notes that's stuck with you, you, you know what I'm going to say next. Don't just hear it in your heart. You've got to respond to it. I guess the challenge is here. When the Holy Spirit speaks, what's the call to action from you? What are you going to do about it? Maybe you're just going to go home and you're just going to have your dinner and say, well, that was nice. But the word of God is no good to us unless we apply it. Jesus. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, by your Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us this morning. That we'll catch hold of your heart as we pray for our families. But Lord, I pray that, Father, that we just don't pray and tick the box that father that we do business with you for our families that we see you break out in our families that we see you bring change to our families in Jesus name in Jesus name